this idea that the the nine to five guy don't understand your hustle or can't understand you and where you're at is it, it's 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 false. I mean, thing is, if the dude's into you, he's gonna be there for you and he's gonna help you out and he's gonna do whatever he can to to, to make you excel, and he's gonna take an interest in whatever you're doing. So it goes back to what is it about your that's bringing <laughs> niggas. <laughs> What up, what up, what up, what up? It's Three Brothers No Sense. I am Tavares Ferguson, joined with my co-host, Buff and Rozzy. Fellas, tell them what's on your mind. Well, Rozzy, I don't know if you are aware, but uh, Ferg had himself a day on social media today. (laughs) Annie Baraka's uh, one of her posts today. Uh, So there's a video of a young a young lady that gets literally thrown in a dumpster by about was it about seven gentlemen first yeah something like about that I was to watch it once before I wanted to fight the world so and and she was understandably like I don't even want to say upset she was irate and she made a post that was like you know uh, I I don't want to misquote it but it was something along the lines of black men you know you 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 know you scream to the top of your lungs about racism and police brutality it's black lives matter but when it comes to black women you guys are silent now she didn't say all black men she didn't say most black men she just said black men and of course a lot of guys um took offense to it but my man Ferd, like i was reading the comments they had like 92 comments i read all them joints and he <laughs> he got involved man and some gentlemen I, the comment was so dumb. I've already blocked it from my mind, Ferg. So you probably, you probably can't remember. But I just remember responding to Ferg like, "You have the patience of a Buddha," because good God, that comment was stupid. <laughs> Take it from there, Ferg. Because that, that's that's what I wanted to talk about at the top of the show. Well, basically, he was talking about how he was offended. That's how I originally started off, and I responded because I think he, it really started when he responded to my initial response when I was like, "Fellas." She's right. You know, we we get mad when white people don't understand our frustration with everything we're going through. So, you know, yes, it's not all black men, but there's still a problem. And it's like when white people say all cops aren't bad, but when a few bad ones, um, when the good ones don't step up and check the bad. We're mad. All white people aren't bad, but when the good ones don't step up and check the bad ones, we get mad. But fellas, I don't understand why you don't understand. When all black men are bad, but when the good ones don't step up and check the bad ones, our women are mad. And then he went on to this whole tangent like, well, nobody's coming to save them. They need to um, they need to protect themselves, almost like blaming the victim. And I mean, the women were coming from him and I just inserted, I basically, I just copied and pasted his comment and deleted black men and black women and put blacks and white people in there. And he still didn't get it. I'm like, dog, you just did exactly what I said. Take out this word, put this word here, take out this word, put this word in it. And you still don't get it. And basically, he just kept saying black women, he's tired of black women blaming men and they're not doing anything. And 
yada, yada, yada. And he kind of went on a tangent. And the biggest thing was talking to Ani and how hurt she was in it for the, uh, I had a, a revelation because it made me see it from a black woman's lens a little more, a little bit more every day. I try to, or a little bit every time I try to learn something the same way we feel so frustrated and broken and just confused that white people can't see the harm or the, the how blatant these things are and how they play a part in it, even in their silence, is how she felt. Then you throw in the fact it's one of us. That was I think that was the biggest thing. She's like, I'm just hurt, like how brothers don't see it's the exact same thing. You literally can change two words, three words in this exact same comment. And they don't get it, that they're hurting us. And then they want to throw the same, well, it's not all black men. It's not all white people. It's not all police. It's, you know, like, and she was hurt, man. And it's like, I was like, man, I can't imagine feeling that from our own people. So. And, and I want to, I want to do this some justice, Rizzi. This is his exact comment. I'll leave his name out of it. It's easy for black women to point the finger at us but ask them how are they protecting themselves or what are they doing to get free? Most not doing bleep, but online talking about what black men ain't doing. It's useless and quite dumb to even be talking about who not doing what if you not. Main man fired that off like he was <laughs> <laughs> like that Preach, was smart. Like, oh man, Preach, he's preaching. My yeah. God. Man. I mean, you know, and it's so sad because, you know, I made the joke about, you know, when they got the right to vote, they got the right to catch these hands. But at the same time, that was a joke. It's like I'm saying I can defend myself to say you're going to be able to go out and women aren't protecting themselves. One, they shouldn't have to protect themselves. They shouldn't have to defend themselves and and, and be scared that they're going to be put in a dumpster if they don't want to give somebody uh, a kiss, I yeah. think that's what the the reason why was uh, that you know she the girl he was asking the girl for a kiss she was like no and so he ended up putting her in a dumpster. Dude, that is so asinine to think that one of our people and everybody who recorded it and laughed would would think that that was okay. Like that's sad. Like if my son was in that group, I would have his. <laughs> Like, hands down, he would have to see me yeah. after that. Not only if he would have to see me if, if if he was the dude that did it, if he was there and didn't protect that girl. Yeah. Because these are your homies. Like, you need to call your homies out on this. Like, if these are your boys, you should be able to protect her and be like, hey, bro, no, nah, we ain't going to do that. Like, we can, we can talk, we can laugh, we can jones on her or whatever, but you're not going to touch her. You're not going to put your hands on her. You know, no, you're not going to put her in a dumpster. <laughs> Like, that's not funny. And I think the crazy part is I don't. And Ani kind of got mad at me in the group about this. Like, I don't even think in their mind it was malicious. It was kind of like, this is not a big deal. This is going to be funny. So, like, for me, it was like there's a there's a the chink or a break in the chain somewhere where our men even they don't even see this as a moral issue. Like to do this in the act, like going back and look at it. Oh, man, that's messed up. When I when you think about it, it it's like. At no point did these five to seven men think this wasn't cool. And not only did they think it wasn't cool, they thought it was cool enough to record. 
not only did they think it was cool enough to record, when they saw her crying in the dumpster, at no point did anybody like, man, we messed up, dog. Like that was messed up. Like it, it was so to me, it was so many levels of just like, man, that's broken. That's that's messed up. That's messed up. <laughs> that's messed up. The fact that you think you have to retaliate on a woman because you didn't get what you wanted out of her. It's it's messed up. And um the the biggest thing, take the guys out of it, it was the black men who got instantly offended. And I had a conversation with one of my line brothers today about is like, you know what, dude? Sometimes you have to realize this is the argument we're talking about at the time. Let's not go back and forth and try to justify what we're currently talking about with something else. Are there black women that mistreat black men? Absolutely. But we can talk about that once we finish addressing and acknowledging what we're talking about right now, where our, a lot of our women feel abandoned. Point blank. You know, like, hey, black lives matter. Yes. So do Puerto Ricans. But we'll talk about that tomorrow once we get some make some progress with black lives. You like it, it doesn't like you don't have to always discredit stuff. So. It was kind of disheartening to see that whole thing, but my bad. Rise is on you. No, and just uh, along those lines, where you talk about, you know, the the Mexican lives or Hispanic lives or L- LGBTQ lives matter. Yes, um, but it's so much easier for us to focus on a single group and try to make strides with that group and let that trickle down. Case in point, the uh, Supreme Court upheld that you can't fire. Uh, a, a an individual based on their sexual yeah. orientation uh, that came from the Civil Rights Act. So once again, it's that trickle down effect of when a certain group gets some equality, a a, a certain minority group or you know opposed group uh, gets a little bit of equality. Everybody is going to be able to eat off of that. So when you start spreading it out and start saying, well, let's talk about this group and this group and this group and this group. Uh, what you end up doing is you start diluting the, your message. You start diluting uh, everything else. So, like you said, focus on the issue that we're talking about here. Yes, LGBTQ uh, matter. Yes, Hispanics matter. But right now, we're talking about the blue on black cases right now. So let's talk yeah. about that. Let's talk about that and 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 fix that. Because if we fix that, it's gonna fix that same thing when you talk about any other the color of people. So. Yeah. Stick to the message. Stick to what we're trying to do. Address that, and then we can have that roll out to everybody else yeah, as needed. Let's stop, let's stop trying to tit for tat and switch the narrative. Like, I, and I think we're so that is our instant defense. We hear something we don't like, then we try to disregard it, and I think that's why we don't get anywhere. We dis we keep disregarding each other's points. It's like let's just table that. I'm not saying it doesn't matter. Let's just table that for a second. Let's debate this. We can have dialogue. Uh, my goal is to have open conversation and see it. Maybe, maybe it'll switch my mind. But let's talk about this right now. So I think that's that's all I have, man. I mean, I think that was the biggest thing. Uh, it's Juneteenth week. So by the time you guys hear this, it'll be past that. But I'm taking off Friday. Buff, you're off, right? Yes. And Rizzy, they you guys are doing a half day. So your 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 company did a good job, yeah. I think. Did they send you an email? Was that after the last show? 
Yeah, after the last show, we got that email the other day uh, announcing that we'd be taking the half day. And and <laughs> truthfully, I I even told you guys, I'm like, it helps that your chief of HR operate or your chief HR uh, officer is a black female. And it, it, hands down. And, and and I missed up misspoke. I was reading something real quick. No, I'm not off. I'm off. I'm off. I thought you were talking about today. I'm not off. I have, I have to qualify the range. But what I'm going to do to make it up to myself is I'm going to go to the uh, Black Lives Matter Plaza after work and hang out down there on Juneteenth. And I may wear my uh, Colin Kaepernick shirt where he's kneeling on a particular person that we all know. <laughs> well, that's what's up. So that's what's up. So I'm with it. I want to see a picture. Oh, before we go to commercials, though, I do want to uh, shout out, you know, Angel Mama. We won't see her anymore. They're changing, taking her off of the syrup How and everything. I hear they're going to do Uncle Ben. I hear they're going right? to name her. Yeah, Uncle Ben's coming off, but um, I hear they're uh, replacing Angel Mama with Aunt Karen. Yeah, that was that's hilarious. That was so <laughs> hilarious, dog. <laughs> <Sorry. laughs> Yo, the picture they used, man, it was hilarious. <laughs> Such a Karen, because you know that's the new N word. Let them tell it. That yeah, is they it. really don't like that, dog. Like they really are trying to compare to to nigga. It's funny. It, it's, yeah. <laughs> They want the world to empathize with them. They're not used to, and by they, I mean the majority of white people are not are not used to being ridiculed, looked down upon, or have anybody not idolize their position. And so, this is my opinion. They don't even want to be questioned. Yeah. They they don't want to be questioned. Yeah. So it's the the fact that. There, take the just don't even think about the N word. Think about everybody else has derogatory terms, all races and creeds and stuff like that. And you want to you want to compare and and just and they just for being them, just for being black. You don't have to do anything just for being black. We're talking about, hey, you because all white women aren't Karens, we're saying the ones that are calling the police and doing these things and using these white tears to endanger black lives and weaponizing themselves, weaponizing their whiteness, that is a problem. You are a you are a problem, but you want me to empathize with you. Like, help me understand that, people. And, and even on this small level, man, this small level of being called Karen, it's just that when you live the life of privilege, equality will always feel like oppression. Wait till you and that's the mm-hmm. what's the sad reality. Wait till school gets back in. Some little black kid is going to get sent home and suspended for calling a white girl a Karen. Watch, I yeah. guarantee it. Yeah, and she's probably acting like a Karen. <laughs> <laughs> And now that we're not going to have Uncle Ben or Ancient Mama, here's a message from um, our newest sponsor. Well, well, well. Look who's moving up in the world. Buffman got his own commercial slash ad on the show. Uh, the two brothers gave me this opportunity for me to tell my wife, happy anniversary, babe. It's been 14 years of marriage, and I just wanted to use this platform that I have with Three Brothers No Sense to tell you happy anniversary. I love you, and I'm wishing for many, many more. 
Hey, it's Ryan Reynolds, and I'm here with Keith, co-star of my upcoming film, If, only in theaters May 17th. Do you want to tell people the big news? All right, I'll do it. Sign up now and you'll get unlimited for $15 a month in six months of Paramount Plus Essential Plan on us. Mintmobile.com slash switch. Upfront payment of $45 equivalent to $15 per month. Unlimited over 40 gigabytes per month. Face lower speeds. Videos at 480p. Active Mint customers by 531.24 get six months of Paramount Plus Essential Plan. Auto renews after six months. Offer ends May 31st, 2024. Separate Paramount Plus registration required. Terms and conditions apply if rated PG. We're back. Three brothers, no sense. You know what time it is. It's joke time. Rizzi is my beautiful goddaughter with us today to deliver a message. Nah, man, nah. I uh, I gotta go into work to the office tomorrow, so I had to send her to her grandma so she can w- watch her for it. So it's just me. Y'all got me today. Yay! See, I tried to be. Yeah, oh, see? oh. Buff gave me a thumbs down, guys. I, I just want to let y'all know well, that. Well, you need some see, bad see, reviews see since you're everybody's favorite. So that is true. That is true. <laughs> <laughs> I'm just the oldest of this whole thing. Hey man, there wouldn't be no temptations without the yeah, other stuff. No, <laughs> he made yeah. it happen. <laughs> Whatever. So, so, all right, all right. So, so my joke. My joke. Uh, <clears throat> so, uh, why are obtuse angles so depressed? Because they're never right. I, I figured that one out. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. yeah. It's a little better. Better than last. A little better. Better than last. A little, little better. A little better. A little better. You know, I like intellectual jokes. So that 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 mm-hmm. you know. Some people might not get it. Yeah, yeah. Nerd jokes. Nerd jokes. Nerd jokes. Speaking (laughs) of, hopefully by this time, everybody would have seen our, what we say, dad jokes for Father's Day. So hopefully we have some good dad jokes and maybe we'll use one or two of those on the next episode. So thank you guys in advance for sending dad jokes. And we're going to try something a little different today. Uh, Buff, you didn't get to leave us with a question yesterday, last week, and you said you wanted to bring something up. So here's your chance if you still want to bring that uh, topic up to the table. Yeah, so I won't even be long, man. You guys are going to get a second week of not that much Buff. But I mentioned last episode that I talk about how Blue Lives Matter is a myth. And it's true. For one thing, let's let's look at the whole Blue Lives Matter movement. It came about as a response to Black Lives Matter to try to talk it down, just like all lives matter, try to talk down Black Lives Matter. First off, Blue Lives Matter isn't a thing, one, because once you take off that uniform, no one knows you're a cop. You know, but Ferg, Rosie, and myself, every time we walk out the door, we're black. When we go to a restaurant, we're black. When we show up to work, we're black. So comparing that to Black Lives Matter is just stupid on its surface because you choose to be a police officer. And at any given day, you can choose not to be one. Now, unless you get um, a a, a serious case of vitiligo or something, you're going to always be black. Always. You can't you can't choose that. So we can start there. But then you look at my man, uh, Mohammed Noor in Minnesota who, um, you know, killed a, uh, killed a white lady. And the Blue Lives Matter crowd didn't show up for him. They wanted, they wanted justice then. You know, they don't want, they, a lot of them don't want justice for George Floyd, Tamir Rice. A lot of them don't want justice for Eric Garner. But when this little white woman was killed, all of a sudden they wanted justice because it's not about blue lives. It's about 
that skin color. And it's just crazy when you think about that case. The prosecutor literally said at one point, her whole blonde hair, pink T-shirt and all that was a threat to you when he was talking to Mr. Noor. And, and that in and of itself, they're trying to use the innocent innocence of her whiteness to say that you should not have been threatened, which on the opposite side is saying, you know, if it was somebody black, then we would we would understand more of you feeling threatened. So it's just one big myth. You look at how a lot of these and it was mostly white. I'm not trying to pick on white people, but it was mostly white people in North Carolina and Florida and some of the other states where they were demanding that the governor open up the state so they can go get haircuts and and go to the beach and all this stuff. Man, they were showing up with automatic weapons, cursing the police or telling them that they were uh, enemies of the state and all that. So where was the Blue Lives Matter then? Because it was it was about you. So it, Blue Lives Matter no longer mattered. And I wanted to extend it to the military, too, man, because we always talk about, you know, both of you guys serve and this country always talking about support the troops. We love the troops. Colin Kaepernick disrespected the troops by kneeling. Do they really care about the troops? I mean, we saw how a lot of troops didn't have the equipment they needed. We see how the VA department treats our veterans. We see, you know, how this country by and large, treat certain troops. So when black soldiers come back, you go all the way back to the Vietnam War. When black soldiers came back, they were treated like You know what I mean? So it's not about blue lives. It's not about the police. It's not about the military. When they say blue lives matter, they're talking about white people. When they say support the troops, they're talking about white troops. It's never, we're never included in that. So that's why I always call it a myth, because they try to hide behind that and say, no, it's about supporting the police and, you know, wear the ribbon and all this stuff. It's not about that. And, and, and truth be told, they only support the white police because they want them to keep, like I said last week, I believe they want to keep us in check. They want to keep black and brown people in check and protect what they have. Other than that, they have no use for the police. They, we see how they disrespect them the few times a police officer, you know, checks a white person. They can literally cuss them out. Why did you pull me or what the F are you pulling me over for when somebody else is probably robbing the store right now? They're disrespectful to the police. So for me, they can kill all that stuff, man, because it's not true. Um, this country has always, in my opinion, just treated black people wrongly, man. Like, we made sl- they made slaves fight <laughs> for this country's freedom. Think about that. Nigga, go out there and fight for this country's freedom, but you're going to be a slave when the war is over. And, and that mentality has been carried all the way to the present. So no, it's not about supporting the troops. No, it's not about Blue Lives Matter. It's about supporting white people. And that has to change. And until it does change, I'm going to always call it a myth because I've seen the jig. And that motherfucker is up. Love it. Love it, man. So I, I I will like Ferg said, I'll give them an inch of yes, police lives do matter. The same way all lives matter. But police aren't getting killed like that. And when police do get killed, they whoever did it, 400 cops show up and shoot yeah, that exactly. Off. So and, 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 that's my thing. And Rise, it's not even like the top 30 dangerous job. 
You know what I mean? No, no. So you know, when when we when we say yes, they matter. We we will give them that. Yes, your, your blue lives, police lives, military lives matter. But y'all didn't care when y'all tried to send us over to Iraq for no apparent reason. You didn't care when you know. Oh, we're going into Afghanistan when they weren't even the ones that attacked us. The Al Qaeda was. And so you're going to invade a country to try to find a terrorist group. So it's, it's one of those things that you put our lives on the line all day long as the military, you put, you put police officers lives on the line all day long, but really when it comes down to it, if something happens to them, the wrath of God comes down on whoever did that to that person. Whereas we are protesting and what black lives matter came about was because when black lives were taken, we didn't get that same. oomph. We didn't get the, the outrage when a police officer took a black person's lives, they automatically got the benefit of the doubt. They probably were going to get off no matter what the circumstances, when you have somebody running away with no weapon and you confirm that they have no weapon and they're running away from you and you shoot them and then you plant a taser next to the person or a gun next to the person on camera and you still get off. That's why we're saying black lives don't matter. That's why we're telling you that we do matter. That's why Black Lives Matter as its own instance is by itself right now. We're saying we matter because you don't think we do. So while I will give you that inch, you're not taking it all. And and I agree, Buff. It, it's ultimately a myth of that because it, that's not what you're trying to do. You you brought up Blue Lives Matter. You brought up, brought up White Lives Matter to undermine the Black Lives Matter movement. That's really what it came down to. Because they they weren't there before. They didn't talk about that before. And then as soon as we say our lives matter, then you want to bring up, well, everybody else matters too. Y'all are both right. Um, usually I kind of try to find a way to disagree with you guys, but you're both right. I'm going to take it a step further. I'll make it easy for you. Trending lives matter. That's what it is. It's whatever can go against, whatever looks pro-white, anti-black, Patriotic. Those things matter. But once again, they really don't. Like Rizzi said, and you said, like, look at all the things that are happening. You know, the closest thing I can compare blue lives, quote unquote, is support our troops. But they send their troops off under trained, underpaid. They don't support military families. These guys come back. Rizzi has admitted multiple times. I've said it myself. We come back with PTSD. Nobody's helping us. Our police officers, I believe a lot of them probably have PTSD. Nobody really cares. As long as it doesn't go against what they believe. Like if it doesn't disrupt their way of life, when we got deployed, nobody really helped us assimilate back into society. The, the the suicide rate in the military is so high, you're dealing with some of the same issues in the police force. And so what's happening is if blue lives really mattered, you would defund the police, in my opinion, and give them less to do and, and train them properly and let them focus on what they need to focus on. If blue lives matter, there would be more mental health assistance 
for these police officers who are going through these things, because that's if you really care about them, then you're going to try to make them better people. It do, They really don't. They don't care about the police. They don't care. They, all they want to do is be able to not give black people a yard. And I hope I'm not sounding sympathetic to police at all. What I'm saying is you really don't. People don't care that much because they're not trying to help police get better. The only thing they do to support police is say blue lives matter. They're not trying to make them better. They're not trying to hold them accountable. Like, you know what? To make police better, we need to hold more accountable so they can they can learn from their mistakes. No, we're not going to do that. Blue lives matter. Hey, you know, we're finding there's a lot of mental issues. These guys are stressed out. They have a high stress job. They need some mental health help. That's when blue lives matter. They're not doing anything. It's just blue lives matter when it's against black people. Like, and Byron, you had a great point. We were talking about like you, we've seen so many videos and heard about our white fans, friends cussing out the police. I wish they would pull me over, <laughs> you know, like officer. I know I was speeding, but I wasn't going that bad. Like you respect these people all of a sudden, but these are the same people like your president who supports our troops and su- supports the, the, the national anthem. But prior to being the president, we've seen him sitting and not uh, putting his hand over his heart and saluting the flag and stuff like that. It only matters when it's a trending topic and it goes against what black people believe in. And it's a way to separate. So nothing against our police. You're not blue. If people really cared about you, they would get your help. Don't feel sorry mm-hmm. for you, but they, if they really cared about you, they'll get your help. That's what you put your money where your mouth is. You put your money where the things you care about. They're not helping you guys. So yeah. and 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 what happened they they keep putting their money in the yeah. wrong spot. So like I I I share with you guys um the the book Rise of the Warrior Cop. And so it talks about the militarization of the police force. We put our money it's, it's, in militarizing yeah. the police force. Mm-hmm. And so not we, we don't we care about their lives, so we put them in riot gear and we give them freaking tanks to go against people with rocks and <laughs> and things like that. So because we say we care about their lives, but that's just so once again, they can go into those communities and they can control those communities. Uh, It's not to protect their lives. It's so that they can be a more domineering force on the people that they're trying to police. They they don't respect the police, because if you on one hand say, well, the police officers have such a tough and dangerous job, they, they provide an important service to our community. You're not going to call them because a little girl is selling lemonade on the sidewalk. You're not going to call them because a family of black people are grilling in an Oakland, California mm. park. You're not going to do that because just just like you wouldn't bother your boss who, you know, has a million things going on. You're not going to bother your boss and say, hey, man, I'm out of staples. Hey, man, my trash can ain't too full. Can you what you going to like? No, yes. your boss great point. Got, got big things going on. Great. So point. They, they don't respect the police, bro. They just want to keep us in check. It goes. And that's, that's it. It's something. It's it's a retort to whatever black people have to say. It's a retort. To black lives matter. Blue lives matter. Black lives matter. All lives matter. Like it's just it's just another. They don't want to be get pigeonholed into one thing. So they have multiple responses. I'm not going to make this a white and black mm-hmm. thing. I, I just support the police. So now we're not talking about racism. We're just talking about supporting the police. How can how can you go against the police? 
how can you say all lives don't matter? Like, it's just trending lives matter. You know, it's just, it's just a way to go against whatever is important to somebody that doesn't look like you. So if you really cared, you would really do things that try to make people's lives better. And as we've said before, the average person isn't giving about anybody else. So that's my soapbox. Rizy, you're up next. What you got for nice. us? All right. All right. So great question, by the way, Buff. Appreciate it. Appreciate it Buff. For mine, uh, I don't know if y'all know who B. Simone is because I have no idea nope. who she is. I heard, I heard but, she's on Wildin' Out. Well, that lets us know, you know. The was, she a, was she a comedian? Was she a, a wild oh, out girl? I, I think or? she's a comedian. I, 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 yeah, I know, no, bro. I think she's a comedian. Um, and so, but I don't know what she was on. I think she was on a reality show at one point, something like that. But um, that aside, she's caught some flack in the last couple of weeks about she was on some radio show and she made the comment Oh, Nick Cannon. She was on Nick Cannon's podcast, radio show, whatever it is. And she made the comment that she can't date a dude with a nine to five. And so I want the three guys here that have nine to fives, but we also have entrepreneurial spirits, right? So we, we have side hustles and things like that. So I just want to hear you guys ideas or thoughts on would you date a chick that felt like she couldn't date a, a guy with a nine to five or would you give her the, uh, the attention and, and what are your thoughts on girls being able to date nine to five guys? Well, I feel like she needs to listen to your take on power couples because I think, I think she's still of the belief that, you know, because she's an entrepreneur, only another entrepreneur can understand her. And what she's not taking into account is if you're really on your grind like that, you're here, he's there. You're doing this, he's doing that. You don't have time to build a relationship. So I think, man, you pointed this out so great, and I hope you include it in your, in your response. But people have this idea of a power couple being like super romantic, making all this money, uh, doing all these great things that you may see on social media. And it's not quite like that. Like people look at Michelle and Barack Obama as a power couple. And if you read her book, Michelle Obama was miserable. Like she she did not enjoy that ride up to him becoming president at all. And she had to sacrifice a lot. So with that said, I mean, I'm not that mad at it. I saw a lot of guys that, get, that got mad at it. Listen, if that's her preference, fine. You ask what I date her. I mean, no, I mean, I'm, while I do try to have some side hustles going on, I'm essentially a nine to five guy. And if you're telling me that's not what you want, I'm not going to shoot my shot. I'm not going to think that you would have any interest in me. And I just don't see that working out, but uh, you know, that's a preference. And I, I try not, I try not to get mad at people's preference as long as you don't put the other side down. And I don't think she said, you know, I think she just pretty much said, a nine to five is not on my level. So I guess that is kind of putting them down, but I disagree with that part, obviously. But if she had just stuck to her preference and say, you know, I just prefer an entrepreneurial man. That's where I'm at in my life. That's what I want. Fine. Some women like tall men. Some women like muscular men. Some women like big men. Some guys like light skinned women, dark skinned women, thick, petite, whatever. Just don't put down anyone else to elevate what your preference is. 
And that's that's the only problem I have with anybody's preference is when you do that. But, you know, that's what she wants. Fine. But like I say, she need to listen to my boy Rozzy on the, the truth about a power couple because it's very difficult to maintain. And it's not, you know, uh, whoever Cardi B is married to, it's not like whatever their Instagram pictures are where it always looks like they having fun. It's problems. And we've seen them have problems, too. So, you know what I'm talking about. So, yep. I think too many people have gotten caught up on this entrepreneurial path. I think it's almost somewhat of a fad um, recently and nothing against entrepreneurs. Like you said, like uh, we all kind of have our side hustle, but I think we, we forget that it takes a lot to dedicate to a nine to five, you know, even as much as a lot of times I know for me, it, my personal stories, I worked in kind of corporate America for a while, got mad because I was making another company big money. And I said, I, I was going to be an entrepreneur and never work for anybody else again. And I started my own business with two uh, business partners, had some ups, had some downs and had then plummeted and had some of the roughest times of my life, but I still wanted to see it through. But I had this one woman that came in my life that made me want to say I needed to be a provider. I needed to be a a rock or a a stable person in this relationship. And it made me go back to work and do a nine to five and fast forward eight, nine years. I'm in a very comfortable, I'm in a pretty comfortable spot financially, nowhere near where I want to be, but I'm pretty comfortable in, but I'm still grinding. Like people think that, all nine to fivers, that's all they want to do. My nine to five allows me to live the life I want to live and uh, provide for my family. But at the same time, it gives me the the extra funds to invest in these other entrepreneurial things that come up, you know, opportunities. And there's nothing wrong with mixing the both, both of them. Like, my goal is I want my 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 business efforts or ventures to be able to spend to the point where I don't have to go to work. But I like going to work and I like making extra money and I like having that money that I know is going to come in every week and every month. And that's not a bad thing. Like, I think I don't know when we got to the point where being an entrepreneur, I mean, being somebody that worked a nine to five or having a career is bad. And could I date? I think. I couldn't date anybody who's that close minded. Like it to the point where they think that they're so above everything else, but they're close minded to the point where, Hey, if her business tanked tomorrow and my nine to five was what had to pay the bills. Am I still this guy she couldn't date or is she willing to work a nine to five because something happens to me? And her business is not fronting it. Like, I think it's a, it's a sacrifice to dedicate that time for people. Like, I think we were talking about this the other day, Rising. Like, I like the fact that I know what I'm going to get every two weeks. So I feel comfortable going to buy my wife a certain thing or going to buy myself something or taking my kids to something or enrolling in something. I've been that. I've been an entrepreneur. And everybody's not meant for that world. So uh, kudos to you, baby, for making it happen. 
but don't look down on other people. I don't think that man that might be the, the nine to five might be the person that is the the grounding that you need. And he can also have some other business opportunities or business ventures going on. So don't put people in a, a bucket. Yeah. So for it, it pissed me off. I'll just I'll just tell you it pissed me off because one I'm so tired of women thinking stability is lame. Like a nine to five is stability. A nine to five, like you say, it means I know exactly what I'm making every couple of weeks. I go in, I grind. Depending on what my job is, when I get off at five o'clock, I can spend time and I can concentrate on my family. I know I have a good work-life balance. Like there's so much that comes along with a nine to five that you're not going to get when you're, you're as an entrepreneur. Like you said, for when you're an entrepreneur, you're always on. It's like I'm always grinding. I'm always trying to figure out what's my next thing I got to do. What I got to fill in those orders, and now I got to do all of this. So, like that. One that made me mad, and then on top of that, for her to say I'm not gonna date a nine to five because he doesn't understand me as an entrepreneur is stupid. Hands down, entrepreneurs' lives matter, Rosie. Whatever, nah, nah. At this point, nine to five <laughs> lives matter. So <laughs> stay on task. We already know one thing. I, yeah, but it, it's because I can tell you, prom season. While Jenica had, you know, seven, eight, nine, ten gowns that she was making, two, three o'clock in the morning, I was up right there with her filling those orders. And I still had to get up at eight o'clock and go to my nine to five while she was doing her thing. So this idea that the the nine to five guy don't understand your hustle or can't understand you and where you're at is it it's 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 false. I mean, thing is if the dude's into you. He's going to be there for you and he's going to help you out and he's going to do whatever he can to, to to make you excel. And he's going to take an interest in whatever you're doing. So it goes back to what is it about your <laughs> that's bringing <laughs> niggas? <laughs> wow. First off, I like this Rizzy. I don't think we've gotten an angry Rizzy. No, I'm with that. <laughs> so you start first. talking about corporate America? That's where Rizzy draws a line. <laughs> I know you ain't gonna talk about corporate America. <laughs> Second plot twist: She did say you could try. You could a rapper was an entrepreneur. So fellas, if you got a mixtape out there, shoot your shot. Shoot your shot, man. Play you some Xbox and put that mixtape out, baby. Because you, 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 you just gotta have you, you are an entrepreneur, baby. Entrepreneur, <laughs> right, right. and that's the thing. Yeah, because that's the thing. It's so many entrepreneurs that couldn't shake a stick to any of our incomes. Right. Like, so when you talk about nine to five, she ain't even talking about, oh, I need a dude that, that's making money. She just wants somebody that's just feel like they got to grind all day long, every no day. Savings, and again, no savings, no investment. And then, I mean, there's, there's levels to it. Like, I'm comfortable enough to be able to invest in business opportunities because of my nine to five. You were talking about Jenica. Why was Jenica an entrepreneur? What allowed her to be an entrepreneur? I'll wait for my income, my nine to five. That's exactly it. You know, mm-hmm. those are things that, you know, you got health benefits. You have all that kind of stuff. And I'm not saying, you know, I get it working for the white man. I, I get it. It's for some of us. It's a sacrifice, you know, like it's a sacrifice that I'm willing to make for my family. And then 
maybe something will inspire me to do to do more. Like I never tell I think people should always be in growth mode and maybe entrepreneurship, because at the end of the day, I want something I can leave to my family and stuff like that. So no matter how much I sell or buff, how great you po- you police these people. And Rizzy, how how great you are at the bank is not going to leave, you know, like, OK, Ali, Sophie and Haley can't all of a sudden just, well, you might be able to hire him. But that doesn't set them up for success. Well, my dad worked at Compass. So now I inherit Compass. So there might have to be some opportunities like you own property and stuff like that. That you can pass on to your kids. So there's other things that I'm like, hey, you might need to think about doing more. Yes. But don't down people for doing the basics like there's they're taking care of the basics. And a lot of times and I've even had this conversation with Z sometimes like I'm forced in my position as the head of the house to always worry about the basics. Like I got to take care of the basics to, to afford you the opportunity to not to have to worry about them because she can. And I don't know if she has kids or anything like that, but. B. Simone, you know, like from what I understand, probably only has to take care of B. Simone. So what if she met a guy who's an entrepreneur, his business tank, and he can afford to do certain things? Is she okay with that because he still wants to be an entrepreneur? Is she going to pick up, pick, pick the pick the tally up and run, run with it? Like, I got you, baby. If she does, great. But if not, then he has something that he's like, I'm going to do this. I'm always going to be able to provide for us. That's why I do this. So I don't know. Screw B. Simone, B. Simone, whatever her name is. <laughs> yeah, I'm still heated over that one. You should. I, be. I, I blame this good old Guidance Whiskey, black owned from Tennessee. <laughs> oh, that's hilarious. As a matter of fact, Guidance, I'm I'm ready for my bottle, man. That's that, that that's what's up. Shout out to you, Rizzy, too, for sending us that. Yeah, shout out to you. No, no yeah. worries, man. Black no owned uh, whiskey company. So. What I'm going to bring up is by the time this episode drops, this will be the week leading into Father's Day. And so um, as fathers, especially as fathers, of, uh, all of us have a fathers of black girls. It, it, it'll be the day after Father's Day, actually. When this episode drops? Yeah. Be- yeah, the Monday after. Father's Day is this weekend? Yeah. Yeah. Damn, I thought Father's Day was next weekend. (laughs) See, that's how we be getting screwed over. (laughs) God dang. I ain't seen one Father's Day commercial, bro. Man, do we have Father's Day commercials? (laughs) Yeah, they don't make Father's Day commercials in Home Depot. Go get him some tools so he can work around the house. (laughs) Yeah, I've seen where people are like, "Yeah, I'm gonna buy my dad a whole bunch of ribs and steaks so he can cook them." We can can destroy that. That ain't Father's Day. (laughs) Yeah, you know. Well, I'm gonna take fathers. We take the family out for Father's Day and all kind of stuff. We get the short end of the stick, but you're right. It's the day after. I don't know why I thought Father's Day was next week. So, but I still want to stick with the theme, especially after watching this video. So it's not as happy go lucky Father's Day, but it can be. So, um, as fathers of black girls who eventually be black women, what is the one thing you, you want or need your daughter to know and feel like that's your duty? as a father to teach her. Wow. 
Holy damn, bro. Um, so this is not, this isn't the only thing, but this is what came to my mind first as you were asking the question. And that is that it's not her fault if a man decides to put his hands on her. You know, like she didn't grow up seeing me do that to her mom. And I do not want her putting up with that in any shape, form or fashion. And so, you know, we've talked about domestic violence a lot on this show. And I just want her to grow up knowing how a man should treat her. And, you know, um, verbally abusing her, putting her down, not supporting her, being condescending, all of that kind of stuff. It's not okay. It's not cool. And if he's not trying to better you, if you don't feel protected with him, and if, if you don't just overall feel love, I just want her to know that that is not what she has to put up with. Um, I just think so many of our women, and, and I hate to bring race into it, but so many of our black women, it seems, just fall victim to those type of scenarios, those type of relationships, man. And we haven't talked about it that much, but like even with this COVID thing, like especially before they start opening things up, think about how many people were just stuck at home you know what I'm saying? With their abuse. Yes, yes. Yeah. Like, like they don't get that break when he goes to work or when he goes out with his boys or whatever. Like this is all day, every day, man. So I'll probably think of more stuff when Rozzy uh gives his answer and you first, but as you was asking it, that's the that's the first thing. And I think that's just something that crosses my mind from time to time because it will crush me. And it's one of the few things I can think of getting locked up for. Because if a man, because I don't go by the uh, the mafia code. I think the mafia code is, you know, once she takes your last name, it's no longer my business. No, it's still my business, bro. It's going to always be my business <laughs> as long as I'm able. Yeah. So that's one of the few reasons I can think of going to jail for. And that's what I want to try to instill with her. And, I, and I, I know I'm dwelling on the physical part, but all of it. I just want her to know what being treated right by a man feels like and I want her to know the difference. Great answer. Yeah, I'm kind of I'm I'm kind of in that same boat. What I thought about when he asked the question was you as you are is good enough. So, like when when I I keep going back to Michelle Obama's book, when she talked about how she felt like she was going to be in, inadequate and, um, you know, until she got around the table and she saw how inadequate some of the people around the table were. Women make 70 something cent on the dollar to men. Black women make 60 something cent to the dollar to the men. Like Byron talked about, guys talk down to y'all and they have these expectations of you. And soon as somebody tells Sophie that, you know, your boobs aren't big enough or your, you know, your butt's not big enough or, or it's too big or, you know, oh, you got a little bit of a tummy, uh, all that. I'm, I want her to know that she is beautiful. She is super smart. She her hair is fine just like it is. Don't let no white person tell you she should change it. She don't need to straighten her hair. Like, you know, she don't need to go get a nose job because her nose might be too big. Like you are good enough just like you are. And don't let anybody change that. Don't let anybody make you think any different. 
And because I think that's the first thing that leads to a lot of, you know, even the domestic violence, a lot of uh, the women being underpaid because they're not asking. They don't feel like they deserve more uh, sometimes, sometimes, because I understand that some women will ask uh, and, and get turned down. But a lot of times that's what's happening is they're not speaking up. They're not saying, hey, I need that raise. Why is this other person uh, getting paid more than me? And so I just want her to understand that when she walks into any situation, whether it's corporate America, whether it's a relationship, whether it's interacting with people at school, whatever it is, you are good enough. I, I saw a post where a girl, there's a, a trending post now. I think it's uh, Black at UA and it's the University of Arkansas. So, and they, they're telling stories. And one of the girls was said, she had a professor that told her that she had to redo her coding exam and watched her do the code because she was the first person and a black girl couldn't be the first person to uh, finish the, the, the coding exam. But she had been coding for almost 10 years before that she grew up building her own computers. Uh, so she knew six languages, six coding languages by the time she even got to college. And so that's what I'm saying. Stand in your greatness, that black girl magic that everybody talks about, stand in that revel in it, and hold it high because you are good enough. Man, you're not my best friend by mistake, dude. <laughs> like, as soon as you started speaking, I'm like, he's about to take my answer. He's about to take my answer. But basically, you and Buff said the same thing. And I think that's why we're all on the show. So my message to Skylar is you are good enough. And it's not your problem, it's theirs. So many times, I think our women are faced with trying to change themselves to fit somebody else's narrative or expectation of them. You know, I just think about being a young man and trying to seduce women, especially when I was real young. And like, well, if you really love me or if you're really grown, like we're always trying to have them think what we want them to think for our benefit. Hey, if you don't like me for me, or what I'm bringing to this table, that's your problem, not mine. You know, it's just um, the way they look. If you're not attracted to me before this, or I have to, you want me to wear my hair a certain way, or you want me to get boob jobs, or my isn't big enough, that's your problem, not mine. If you have a problem with me being strong and an intelligent woman, and I intimidate you, that's your problem, not mine. Baby, you are great, and Daddy's here to support you for the rest of your life. You have a great role model in your mom, and just look to her for guidance, and I'm here to back you by any means. And I know you're going to be great because you have her to look up to, and it's just crazy because it's so many women and young ladies who just they just want to be loved. They're looking for somebody to accept them. And when it comes to us, even just in our relationships, we don't want to accept them. We want them to be these magical beasts. We want them to be unicorns that support us no matter what, love us no matter what, got our back, you know, ride or die chicks. No such thing as a ride or die dude. You know, we want all this stuff. Baby, be who you are. You always will have people that love you and um, 
And that's it, man. Just you're great, you know, um, and you're good enough. It's not your problem is there. So with that being said, fellas, y'all got anything else y'all want to add on? Buff, I know you said you might have some else to say. Uh, no, nah, man, I think, like you said, man, all of our answers was were pl- pretty close, man. And that's what's, I got to admit, that's what's most important, like the the safety and well-being of her. Like she can be my age, 39 years old, and if I'm still here living and breathing, she, I'm still going to look at her as my little daughter, that if I'm able, I will protect at all costs. And that's that's just what's important. Yeah, what made me think of that was that video, like the the the, the image of seeing that girl in the dumpster crying, crying, and all the things that were going. I just can imagine the things that were going to like. How did I get here? How did I get here? Why would they do this to me? Who's gonna help me? Like, God forbid that would have been one of my daughter, one of our daughters. They're like. My daddy about to kill y'all. Like it's gonna like, like <laughs> I know. you know, like that. <laughs> I feel, I feel like, I feel like Sophie would have been like, or even Haley would have been like, oh, don't worry about it. I'm calling my daddy. He coming for Ooh, all like y'all. Like they would have jumped. They jumped up. Like she cried because I'm assuming the embarrassment, the hurt, and stuff like that. The anger, like it was just that. It was that was inhumane to throw somebody in the trash. You literally told them that you feel that they go in the same, you have the same respect for trash as you have for them. And we don't know what she's faced. I don't know all. I don't even need to know the details. I can't think of a, a logical reason to put somebody in the trash, but it's like, what did that trigger? What was going on? How does she end up there? How does she end up being around? And not to blame the victim, not blame the victim at all, but like, did somebody tell her the messages that we just left? That you don't need to be around those guys. You know, like, it's not like, like, I didn't, I heard them laughing. I didn't hear her saying anything. It's like, I didn't hear her say, get your hands off me. My daddy going to kill all y'all. Like, that's what I expect to hear. That's what I need to hear because she knows that this is unacceptable. This is not how men act. And y'all about to get it. Like, that's, that's what made me passion. Like, and none of those guys saw that. And those are the type dudes that might be raising the type guys that our daughters date. You know, like, you know, they look like they were Haley age. You know what I'm saying? Mm-hmm. Yeah. I, I just thought about this. You know, we have so many programs for, like, black men mentoring young black men or young black boys. Do we have, are there any programs out there for, like, daughters from of single moms that can have, like, a male figure in their it's life? It's too taboo. They don't want you. You, It's because men over sexualize women. Would you let would you let your daughter go to something when Haley was yes. 10? J- Jasmine, perfect age. Would you let Jasmine go to a male mentoring program? Now, nah, but see, I think he's saying for a single mom. If you like, I'm, I, I'm 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 in her life. She'll, if you want if you, that. if you weren't in the picture. Let's say y'all split up or whatever, like, because we know that men prey on women. And back to what I was saying, we said a, way back in the day, like, you know, you can't have 
men aren't really allowed. It's almost taboo for men to be around younger women for ages. Like you can't have a male kindergarten teacher. You can have a like it's would you if you and Tabitha split up, would you let a how would you feel if there was another man mentoring your daughter? Not because of your 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 ego, but it's like, mm, I don't know about that. Like she, so, yeah. so you got this mm-hmm. grown ass man around all these little young girls? Ooh, yeah. that don't sit right. Yeah. That don't yeah. sit right. And he can have the best yeah. of intentions. So, but but it, right, but that 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 creates that gap. So like you said, she didn't say my daddy about to kill all y'all. We don't know, but my assumption is that d- daddy might not be there. And so is there something that you we could put in place? I don't care if it was the moms have to be there every time if it's all going to, you know, and and it's just you have something where the guys are sitting there saying these things that we're saying to our daughters and they're hearing that from a male. They're being able to see how guys should treat, you know, females. I, I, I and agree. All that. That, should, that should be a program. I just don't think we're ready for it. I think in a society mm-hmm. we live, it's too taboo and too scary. Would you drop your daughter off? Because it's mm-hmm. like we we know how men think. Even if the the man can have the best of intent, like I would do something like that. But the thing about it is, parents be like, "Ooh, what that what that grown man doing over there? Why can't he go just mentor some guys?" Like it's 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 because that's how sad society has become. Is we can't even men with the best of intentions are going to be questioned because we don't admit it, want to admit it, but that's how society is going right now. Like you can't leave men around women, young girls unattended, but women can graze men from day one. Kindergarten teachers, preschool. But don't, don't, but don't we do that though with high school teachers and stuff like that? What would be the difference if there was a program after school program or something like that, where guys were there, it was, you know, multiple girls and, that might and be, you, you had these that discussions. Might, that might be, that might be a play. That might be a play. You might have, but you would have to have women involved too. You would have to have women involved because, you know, I think there would be parents who were scared that these guys are going to take advantage of these women. I could be wrong, but I just feel like that's where society is. They just think that men are going to try to take advantage of young girls. You know, because yep. I'm, I'm pretty sure there's a lot of high schools where it was like, oh, you know, that I was messing with Mr. Dot, you know, like we've heard it a thousand times. So yeah. it happens. So my soapbox, I'm done with that. Uh, anything else y'all got, fellas? Nah, man. All right. Well, let's go ahead and close it on out. Man, for me, I just want to thank everybody for all of the I'm, I'm i'm still thrown aback by everybody with the outpouring everybody's still calling checking on me and everything and um so that's been so useful i'm starting to come to the conclusion or the realization that i can't be superman and i can't do it myself and i can't do it all myself and so like you know i i outsource the the yard to somebody and I've, I've started looking at somebody to uh, do housekeeping for the house. Cause it's like, I wanted to try to do it all and I can't, 
And so I'm starting to realize that. And so I'm starting to kind of figure out the, the new normal, but everybody that's still reaching out to me, man, I, I do appreciate it. Um, you know, I share things on Facebook and Facebook journal and, and I can tell, and I almost know when, when something starts catching steam or a post I make or a memory I share catches a bunch of steam that I'm going to get a bunch of, Hey, Orazio, how are you doing? You know, checking in on you types things. Uh, and I really appreciate them all the time. I, I really do. So uh, keep doing that and keep checking on me and, and, you know, it's all love. Thank you guys. Man, that's, that's, that's good stuff right there. Uh, two things for me, man. One, uh, one of our loyal listeners, Angelita, she, I, I commented on a post from uh, the mayor of Atlanta where she was like, their police department is going to do some type of reform training. And I like, you know, responded like, you know, that's not going to do much. It's, it's about, you know, my whole take on racism. And she responded and was like, you know, well, could it hurt anything to still get that type of training? And at the time I was like, if the goal is to <laughs> stop shooting black and brown people then no, because that's not going to accomplish that goal. But here's what I will say. I want to amend that answer to, to her and to some of the answers I've given on the show. If that reform training is going to detail things like pretty much for a police officer to say, you know what? You're right. Admitting that they're wrong. Like I think too many times police officers get caught up in a situation to where they're in the wrong and then they double down on what they're wrong about and, and, and make it even worse. So things like that uh, don't have little petty laws on the books where people can call the police for the most minute things in the first place. And when people do call the police on a little girl sell, selling lemonade on the sidewalk, you need to charge that caller. You need to charge them and start start putting some teeth behind all these bogus, bogus calls. So that's, that's one thing. Two, the time is now, man. We've said it several times that this feels different. And I, I wholeheartedly believe that you see all these corporations. We talked about the statements they put out, the things they're doing. Rosie brought, I believe it was Rosie that brought up how, you know, Quaker Oaks is getting rid of Aunt Jemima. Like these companies are like really doing some self-reflection. A lot of politicians are now. You got the Republicans today, Senator Tim Scott, who I've had on Politically Entertaining, my other podcast, by the way, uh, he put out a, a, a crime reform, I mean, a police reform bill. So things like fighting for a Juneteenth holiday is possible. You know what I mean? So I just want to tell the people to keep pushing, the ones that are out there protesting, the ones that are out there making things happen, keep pushing because I feel like we can get some things really accomplish this time, some long lasting things accomplished that can really make a difference and really make a change. And that's just my main message. Just keep pushing because I think the time is now. Thanks for that, bro. That's a powerful message, man. Uh, you changing, you, you kind of changing your views a little bit. So that's, that's good. You know, uh, it was always good to kind of go back and look at some things we thought and like, you know what, let me shift a little bit. So, Change is always good. Not saying you're wrong, but change is always good. Um, my message to leave us with is, so I was talking to my siblings last night and we were just, they were sharing some stories and things about my grandmother. 
And it made me realize how much I didn't know about her. And then it made me start just going down the line, how much I don't know about other people in my life. And you kind of just see people as a certain role. Like this is my grandmother, her role is grandmother. So everything I know about her revolves around grandmother. And it's like, but really learning her story and hearing like little tidbit tidbits of her story made me realize that I need to dig deeper into people. So my challenge to people is just have a conversation with somebody, especially some of our elders over the next week and just sit and listen and just figure out who they really are as a person, because you just sometimes forget that the things that we're going through that we think is are all new and stuff like that. Our, our kids and our parents will go through, our kids will see the same thing with us that we see in our parents. Like, it's funny. I'll talk to Sky sometimes and she'll say, you and mommy were kids. It's like, yeah, man, we were pretty cool too. So like realizing that other people have stories to just take a moment to listen to their story too. So that was big for me. Closing on out fellas. Any last comments before we good? All righty. Well, three brothers, no sense. Thank you guys for listening. Can't wait to see you guys next week. Hopefully we, you listen and love this episode. So Listen, like, share, subscribe, comment, and most importantly, listen again. See you guys next week.